from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. Holy sh! And this is the best beer show on the internet. <laughs> I was listening to the intro music, <laughs> jamming out. In I my mean, it head. is it is pretty great. Yeah, it's kind of the it's... best intro music. Yes, I'm going to drink this Mountain Pale Ale. Ooh, Mountainous. Yes. Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa what that's the new. Hell? Um, all right. So I'm going to start doing an intro. Uh, there's some paper towels right over there, man, yeah, if you want to grab some real quick. Just gushed everywhere. Yeah, we had a gusher of a beer from uh, Dale's. Uh, all right, so before we get too deep here, while Brian's cleaning up, I'm going to do the ad reads. Uh, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage at and join today. I also want to give a shout-out to our patrons, specifically our black belt patron, Andy Thompson. Uh, if you'd like to be as awesome as Andy and our other patrons, head over to patreon.com slash studios or uh, click on the patron link in the bottom of our homepage at blindedstudios.com. And if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head on over to blindedstudios.com and find the Amazon link in the bottom of our homepage. Uh, and that will bring you to Amazon with our affiliate link, and if you do any Amazon shopping, and you just got a bunch of Christmas money, so you might as well spend that through our affiliate link on Amazon, uh, and then we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon, really helps us out. Awesome. And now, I think I did that slow enough where Brian's just God. about done. <laughs> <laughs> that that was insane. That went everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how that happened. It's, it's not like you like threw it to me. Like no, a, I set it down like ten minutes ago. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, this is. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Alright, one more paper towel and we will be good to go. Um, yeah, so this is our, uh, it's, we're kind of doing like a look back at beer trends in 2019 this episode. Um, it, uh, this came out, or this episode comes out on uh, New Year's Eve, actually, so um, we figured it'd be kind of fitting to kind of do a look back at the past year and see see what uh, what things were kind of predicted, what things um, act like we noticed uh, in beer and home brewing. Um, and see if you guys kind of notice the same things too. And then we have some listener mail to to round out the episode. Yes, Bjorn Bjornson on the on the track, and Andy Thompson, also Mr. Andy Thompson, and being our right. black belt patron. Um, but anyway, Brian, it's been you know it's been a minute. What have you been up to, man? Well, uh, so our brew like a girl series. Uh, we're on uh, beer number three. So oh, beer number three. Correct, and we did a collaboration with an in a, a beer inclusion group called Witch Hunt, uh, based out of Minneapolis, and our superstar brewer Katie Eels, uh, who we actually what we nailed down a date. We finally for her. nailed down. So yeah, in the next mm-hmm. few weeks here, you guys uh, will finally uh, hear her uh, wisdom, and it'll probably like far. Proceed our own and make us look bad. That's the yeah. That's pro- the idea probably. anyway. Yeah, that's the idea anyway. She's very eloquent. Uh, in any case, uh, her third installment in the Brew Like a Girl series was a white stout, Ooh. and we can talk about 
that recipe at some point in time, I should probably maybe honestly that might be a good one to uh, up, like to talk to her about. Yeah, we could do that because it's what, what she said it's about forty percent adjunct. So yeah, that's pretty rare uh, to have that. High yeah, so it might the, be fun to kind of pick her brain about the blue. The brew like like a girl series like that one has had some interesting beers in it, right? Definitely, yeah. There was um, a triple IPA. Uh, oh, that was the fifth wheel, right? A yes, in a like a rye harvest dark. Saison, which is another rarity. You don't, you just don't really yeah. see that one. And that, it's always funny to see which beers work out better for you sales wise. Um, and the like keg on tap, that beer went like crazy. But the Saisons, yeah, in cans, it it went, but it wasn't overwhelming like the keg sales. I wonder, like, I guess I'm. I'm rarely in the in the liquor store browsing at beers and be like, you know, I could really go for a saison right now. Yeah, exactly. So. But if I see it on on a tap list or whatever, I'm like, you know, I could really go for a saison right Interesting. now. Interesting. I'll try that kind of a situation. So yeah, um, yeah. So we got that going on. Um, I had the release today, which is Sunday, uh, December 29th, and this will come out like you said on Wednesday. So yeah, we had the release Tuesday. Or, sorry, Tuesday. My bad. It'll come out, um, and yeah, we'll have the white stout on tap for a while. That's very interesting style. Um, take take a look, look it up. Um, that's pretty much about it for me. Okay, go right ahead, man. What about you? Uh, let's see what what have I done that I want to talk about? Um, I'd like to take a minute and talk about like the Sioux Falls, South Dakota beer scene. Oh, um, yeah. So I was down there uh, over the holidays, uh, chatting or you know doing uh, doing the family thing, you know, and spent the day in uh, Sioux Falls. Uh, we've we've had like Remedy was the is is a brewery that I've had a few um, a few beers from, but we uh, we branched out this year and we went to uh, Minor Brewing M I N E R Brewing, mm-hmm. uh, really cool tap room attached to um, a little wine a uh, little winery too, and nice. beers were very solid. Um, a lot of uh, like they're they're doing like a lot of like fruited like IPAs and milkshake IPAs stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did wood grain uh, brewing in downtown Sioux Falls, which was very good beer. Really like that one. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting seeing a small city like that. Like when you think South Dakota, you don't really think craft beer. Yeah. What, and <clears throat> what size systems are they operating? Um, in? not. I think. I th- I want to say minor. It looked like a three barrel. Okay. And I think wood grain is a seven. That makes sense. The yeah. the, the smaller the better if you're going to be in one of those like like a tinier area yeah. or like in the like say the Twin Cities for example. It man, I'm telling you, if you go any larger than that, you really need to be distributing mm-hmm. or have a restaurant or be able to pub yeah or do whatever. something so. that's just uh, you know just a little mm-hmm. like able to pull out some of the yeah the best model is pizza like the low overhead. If you're gonna, oh, for food? Yeah, <laughs> there's a pro tip: <laughs> do pizza. Do pizza. It's cheap. Yeah. Uh, doing a pizza, Red Wing brewing pizza, so good. That's what I hear. You haven't been down there? No, and, and you know, and maybe it, uh, maybe it's uh, from you that you actually. Yeah, I, I really. Yeah. That being said, we're gonna we'll start distributing down there pretty soon. We're uh, Rochester is where we're gonna we're partnering up with Shot Distribution. Of, oh, okay. Rochester, um, so that'll cover that part of the Minnesota 
And then we're partnering with Viking, so that'll be like St. Cloud, and then down to where Shot kind of picks up. So Oh, nice. Peace. All right. Uh, yeah, that's all, all I really have to talk about this week. Um, so why don't we dive into our discussion topic again, you know? Mm-hmm. End of the year, let's, like, let's, let's look back at it a little bit. Yes. I feel like every everybody does this. Um, and honestly, after you're done listening to this episode, uh, we're going to be recording our end of the year um, like annual like DOO, like literally Department this afternoon um, on uh, on on New Year's Eve. So if you're you know, listen to this in the morning, you can catch a double dose of us. <laughs> yeah, if that's what you want to do. If that's what you want to do. I mean, I don't know what better way to start your festivities than uh, you know grabbing a couple of beers and drinking along with us on a show. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> a few. A few, a few, because, you know, we will have a few. Yes. All right. Um, anyway, so 2019 trends, uh, things that surprised me, and I, I don't know if you found any of these uh, surprising or not, but the first one I kind of want to talk about is the trend towards, like, low-calorie slash low-ABV beer. Even you guys kind of hopped on this one. We did, yeah. With the, uh, uh, was the, the Hop and Barrel Light. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there was a call for it in our market, and so we made it, and it, you know, it sells sells all right. Uh, um, do you like? So my theory behind this is um, beer drinkers are starting to become. I mean, we're we're moving slowly out of that, um, out of that like um, I guess honeymoon phase of yeah. beer, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, so we've been drinking these big stouts and stuff, and now we all have beer guts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down to business. Uh, we, we, we should, but we don't want to stop drinking beer. What can we do to kind of negate some of this a little bit? Yeah, so there is a, a bit of a trend for low ABV just in general, or, I mean, are we lumping NA in here? Is that- yeah, I, I think we could lump NA in here, too. No, if that um, was, yeah. I, okay, yeah, I, I didn't really, so I didn't have a lot of personal experience with NA, because that's just not my cup of tea well, but i remember hearing a lot about it uh, at the beginning of the year yeah um brooklyn brewery mckeller um nationally uh internationally heineken um in the u.s uh bauhaus is one i know of that makes an na uh and then i think that's about, that's about all i can think of off the top of my head but all making non-alcoholic beer and there's another one in Minnesota, I think it's called Stray Dog. Okay, um, but yeah, their NA beer is 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 back, and they're trying to make it taste like craft. And um, yeah, that's uh, one of the trends last year. It should certainly be a trend this year. Okay, you, you think that's gonna? You think that one will continue on? Do you think I like the, this like low calorie, low ABV NA is gonna push forward into twenty twenty, or is that yes. like something that we tried and we're like, yeah. Yeah, I, well, I mean, the trends always go up and down, but yeah, I think that's that for me. That's a, a thing that I think is going to happen. Um, and then I can see the second thing on here is hard seltzer. Oh, Jesus! Hard seltzers exploded this year. Yeah, I mean, even again, even we made a hard seltzer at the brewery and haven't really released it. It's a matter of um, if you think you know if you think about it, the the way beer CO two bonds to you know the CO two bonding to the the ingredient or the byproduct of fermentation and, and mashing and that the CO2 bonds to that liquid better than it does. Like if you separate all that and you make a hard seltzer, 
The point I'm getting at here is that you need to add sodium in to make like the CO2 bond. Yeah, give it something to like build that carbonic acid and yes, actually stay to in stay solution. in solution. So that that's been a okay. that's been problematic. Like what to add, how much, all that. So we just are too busy making other stuff to make that happen right now. But um, from a homebrew podcast, science. So, so I guess we we never really talked about homebrewing hard seltzer. Like it's just not something that we've tackled because mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I I'm not the biggest hard seltzer fan. I know, <laughs> I know, I know you've 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 been known to crack a white claw. I like now my, and then. I like my white claw. <laughs> <laughs> but so like, if you're gonna do like something like that on the um, at the homebrew level, mm-hmm. um, would you even bother uh, like brewing for yeah, it, or would yeah. you just add alcohol to like a keg of water? And some flavoring, and shake the shit out of it. Um. So, there's definitely a couple ways to go about it, and um, basically, you can make it um like completely out of corn sugar, or you can make it out of rice. Okay. Too. So you. So even even just fermenting, just straight like sugar water. Yeah. Okay. Definitely could could do that. Um, that's two different ways to go about it. Um, you're gonna obviously you're gonna get more of a sake type of flavor out of the rice, um, and then corn sugar. I mean, you're gonna have to filter the crap out of it because you would literally just heat a bunch of water, add corn sugar, boil it f- to get sani at you know at ten minutes or whatever. Um, cool to seventy. You know, chill it. Um, yeah, get it, get it down to pitching temp pitch. Yeah, because because at this point, you know, if you're doing a five gallon batch, um, you could just backwater it um, and then ferment. Um, yeah, because you're like you just want simple sugars because you don't really want any residual. Yeah, because you, you could you could technically. You could technically um, just do like a two and a half gallon boil and then like add another add, add two and a half water, gallons. Yeah. To co- well, yeah, you could add just kind of where I was going with that. Yeah, or you could do a rice fermentation, which is real sticky, and you're gonna need rice hulls anyway. So, um, yeah, and then I if you have if you do have a filter of of any kind, I would I would filter the crap out of it too. For really, clarity. Yeah, you you think it would I. I guess yeah, because you're gonna like yeast is gonna get all up in that and mm-hmm. stir things up. Yeah, filter it. Okay, a couple ways to do that. Yeah, cool. All right. Um. So what like, else do we have on your milkshake IPA? Ugh. <laughs> so yeah, we've talked about we've talked. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it again though. They, they have their place in the market. They do not have their place in the market. Yeah, well, you, there there is the the beer geek. Squad is smaller than the general public. Yeah, well, the general public is stupid and doesn't know what they want. Well, the <laughs> the the I, I don't know the beer the beer geek squad is is the stupid one. I think the general public is willing to try a bunch of stuff because they just want to be included. Yeah, that's true. Beer, beer geeks people, are dumb geeks too. Just, we're all dumb. We're all dumb. Everyone, Nobody knows. Everyone what they here want. is dumb. I I I just <laughs> I I don't like adding so these like these milkshake IPAs. They've gone like. Adding lactose to an IPA, mm-hmm. one, it just, it seems odd to me. Like, Unfermentable milk sugar. 
Yes. Like, it just, I don't, like, so you're you're boosting the body. Something, like, we, <laughs> like, I, I just keep going back to, like, classic West Coast-style IPAs. Yeah. Where we're like, let's let's like lower this as much, and then they went too far with that too with yep. the brood IPA, yep. which that fad died. Thank God. Oh, that like that one was real dumb. Yep. Um, and I I think milkshake might go the same way. <clears throat> Could be. Um, because I feel like uh, so milkshake IPAs, I throw like the fruited IPAs in here too, <coughs> like the yeah. fruited milkshake mm-hmm. ones, yep. um, like the Slurpee or the Shake ones, and yeah, there there are some companies that hang their some brewing companies that hang their hat on exclusively making those types of beer. Um, well, so I feel like that ties into the lactose sours. Yeah, like what are the what are the three f- fads right now? Is the the Pastry stout. Pastry stout, milkshake IPA, and like lactose milkshake IPA or lactose milkshake sour. Yep. And I think the lactose milkshake sour is the one of the three that will stick around because it works really well. Yeah. The breweries that hang their hat on only making those three styles are going to get burned because they're only going to be known for X, Y, and Z. And, you know, you know, when people move on from that, it's... It's like, what do we do now? Now what? Okay, do you know how to make a, a lager? Do you know how to make do a Do people lager? know you know how to make a lager? <laughs> like... um, yeah, so like the milkshake IPA thing, I, I, out of all of these, I think that's the, um, that's the one that's going to flame out. Milkshake IPA? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or what the juicy IPA that looks like a glass of orange juice. The, well, so they, like, unfortunately, I think the haze, the haze craze is here to stay. Because it's yeah. lasted a couple of years now, yeah. and they've included it in the BJCP kind yep. of. Um, so I think, unfortunately, I think that one's here to stay, Ooh. and so like they added it to the BJCP, I so mean, I can it, I can begrudgingly accept it. I mean, like what what is my? I know it is the like slightly cliche, but what is my favorite style of beer? It's double IPA, yeah, West Coast style double IPA. Yeah, that too. Very more specifically, yeah, and like. Dry. Yep. Dry, hoppy. Hoppy is AF. Yep. Yeah, it's, I mean. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. I, it, they're they're good. My my thing. And then secondarily is, is lager, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, so, all right. So I want to talk about lactose sours, which yep. we kind of did. And then um, the other thing I want to talk about is the Rising Craft Lager. This year, yeah. we have seen a ton, a ton of lagers. Yep. From even from people that I never expected to like brew a lager. Um, you know, and and we we've been told, oh, the, there's going to be a rise in cla- craft lager for years, and it just kind of never really. But now there's now it's finally it it's finally kind of happened. If you talk to people at like the breweries I was mentioning that make those three hype styles, yep. you talk to their brewers, and their brewers are like, I like malty beer or I like lager beer. Well, and so I think I've seen at least 15 articles this year mm-hmm. about beers brewers like to drink yeah. and like and it seems like that's like the new thing that everybody's talking about. I like to ask brewers what <clears throat> excuse me what their favorite macro is. Oh, um, that's a really good question. Yeah, I I go for Coors Light and uh High Life and then here at the old uh, Blind Ninja Studio established in 2012. Uh, the house beer seems to be Modelo. Modelo, because we, we're, we're we're a Modelo house. I tell you what, yeah. <laughs> Gordon gave me a really good idea the other day uh, for a DOO episode that I'm excited for in the new year. We're gonna uh, we're gonna blind taste all the uh, 
all the the large uh, Mexican loggers. Why have we not done that? We have not done that. Damn. We've done the uh, the shitty shitty beer shitty cheese pairing. Or well, was so it we, we've done good that. beer shitty cheese. We did. We well, we did both. <laughs> <laughs> I missed both of those somehow. Well, those were those were a few years ago. Oh, that's I think, fair. I think they were they or were pre Brian before my time. They, they were PB. I still can't believe I've been around for like two years. I know, right? It's insane. <laughs> why didn't? Why haven't I left? <laughs> <laughs> we keep asking him to, and he keeps coming back. I just keep, uh, I just I, keep showing so up. So <laughs> the other, like, and have have you noticed any other trends, like on on your end, like um, like things that I like maybe I missed, or even like like you're you're well, much, much closer to the craft beer going macro in a sense, like w- like people selling out and. Mm. Something that blows my mind is that Ballast Point gets bought for a billion dollars, and that by Constellation Brands, and then a couple years later, uh, gets dumped off to some other craft beer company. Yeah, you know, and it's like, okay, wait a minute, like, are we are we going macro? You know, and I don't know if that's part of the problem with craft beer right now. Like, what if Craft took a page out of domestic beer and focused more on like key brands. Um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. And then like it's always the rotation nation and what's new, what's new, and for the craft. And uh, I don't know. It's it's a big confusing jumble right yeah. now. Well, and then we saw a lot of mergers this year too. Uh-huh. Like the big one being uh, Dogfish Head and Sam Adams Beer Company, yep. or Boston Beer Company. Like that's a huge merger. Those two dudes are businessmen. And mm-hmm. that's you're if you own a brewery, you're in the business of making money, period. Yep. So it's I mean, as blunt as I can be about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, as much as the marketing is, no, we're we're we're, you know, we're the little guy. We're trying to do whatever. But, yeah, no, your bottom line is you need to make a buck. Yeah, it's, you know, for the beer industry overall, the best <clears throat> opportunity we have for growth is is reversing uh, the trend of like losing drinkers to competing alcohol categories. So if I can get you into my brewery because your wife is like, well, I don't drink beer, but they have a hard seltzer. So that's fine. If I can get you in there for that and you can have a beer, like that's, that's what I'm shooting for. I think also potentially over the summer, we'll we in Wisconsin. Anyway, we might see a change where breweries can, um, sell wine and spirits oh that's on the table i don't see it not getting voted in so we will probably end up with wine and like fine spirits it seems like something the tavern league would be against though yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) and the tavern league still has a stupid amount of power Mm -hmm. though it's slipping but um yeah interesting that's a Justin question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, he knows all the politics. All right, oh well, we... yeah, he does. He should. Yeah. Uh, well, we should do a politics and beer episode again. That sounds fun. And I'll just be quiet the whole time because. <laughs> well, you got and so just speaking of like trends I've seen uh, at your brewery this uh-huh. year, um, like speaking of Justin, he's pushed forward some some styles that I never thought that you guys would brew. Black IPA, the Cascadian Dark Ale. Man, I told him I was like, "That's not gonna sell." <laughs> and then it sold, and then, and then it sold like crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, "What in the hell?" Like, there are, there are beer companies that like 
have that was their like flagship and they're they've stopped making it and yeah. I, I was like this is stupid like why are we why are we doing this and apparently there is a th- a, a thirst for it in in our area yep yeah I saw so I I was down Whatever. at Rush River yesterday and they have one on and they have it as a Cascadian dark ale and I laughed <laughs> so funny. <laughs> And, uh, 2009 found me. Bre- I've told you this story, right? Where I w- like the St. Paul Homebrewers Club. I mm-hmm. was I was in the St. Paul Homebrewers Club, and in 2009, I was I brought this. I was like, oh man, man, I you know the Zimmergy magazine. I think it was. I'm actually almost 100 percent sure it was Zimmergy magazine that where they had a Cascadian dark ale recipe, and I, I brewed it right out of the magazine. I bought the ingredient and brought it to the the. Um, homebrewer club meeting and they were like oh brian you're brewing hipster beer and i also that i think that was maybe the first time i ever heard the word hipster too oh really probably i just remember being like what i'm a hipster because i'm brewing black (laughs) ipa in 2009 like (laughs) kind of fucked up yeah that's that's a little messed up man anyway uh, so rising clearly, I mean, we got that. Uh, right. Yeah, let's do the listener mail. All right, let's talk about listener mail. All right, so um, this one's from Bjorn. Uh, we're gonna t- we're gonna take a, a long road to get to a as usual a simple a very a very it, good question. Very good question. Uh, Bjorn keeps sending these in. I think we've talked off air about yeah, that, but yeah, we appreciate you. Man. Um, all right, so lowering the pH of a finished uh, New England IPA, yay or nay? That's the that's the thesis here. Um, I have finished uh, a New England IPA conditioning in a keg. It has, as New England IPAs are wont to do, a high finishing pH. It has a pH of 4.7. Um, it's not unreasonably high, just at the high end. Uh, if it were a Bach, I wouldn't... Uh, uh, the huge amount of hops tends to yada, yada, yada. Um, shitload of hops and flavors. Okay. Trying to get to the... To the, to the all right. He's doing 23 right. liter batches and what, 19 liters is five gallons? Yes. Yeah, right, like so that. he's a little bit over. Yep. Uh, so my New England, New England IPA, as it is, is all you want from a New England IPA. Uh, but maybe it doesn't taste as fresh or the flavors uh, don't pop as they should. When I experiment with adding lactic acid to my measuring cup with the New England IPA and lower the pH to 4.2, uh, it really adds something, but it also takes something away. The hop flavors come across as brighter, but also as somewhat uh, less or muted. Um, it's hard to explain. Interesting. The hop burn uh, that is distinct in this fresh New England IPA without the addition of lactic acid is suddenly gone with the lactic acid um, added. I don't particularly enjoy hop burn, so that's a thing. Uh, still, to me, the beer is really good. By experience, it is something a bit askew wonky. What are your thoughts regarding this? Have you uh, have you any experience lowering the pH of a finished beer? We kind of talked about this um, on the on the ride to the studio today. Yeah, I'm I'm a hard no on that. On on I'm, adjusting I'm a, the pH of a finished beer nay. unless it's a sour. Unless it's a unless it's a kettle sour and it's not where you want it to be, like a kettle sour. Yeah, go ahead, add some lactic acid. Um, to to perk it up a little um, bit. So the other thing is, you're, I'm I'm curious if this is carbonated or not, because that too. Uh, carbonating it is going to lower the pH because of the carbonic acid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that could that could change too and brighten up some of those muted hop flavors. The the only time that you want to adjust your pH is is in the kettle. And that it and that has to do directly with um, or the mash. Well, the mash. Well, but yeah. then you're adjusting mash pH, and that's a 
that's slightly different. Thing. Yep, it's a little bit different. Like that's yeah. Either either of those are acceptable to me because mash pH is important for conversion, and kettle pH is important for uh, fermentation. Obviously, like that's what those two are at. So you should always check. I mean, if you if you're able, check the pH of your mash, and also check the um, you know, and that's and that uh, largely that's why we use acid malt. Uh, in mashing is to get <clears throat> is to get um, um, the pH down. So as far as that goes, like salts don't have anything to do with pH. You're, you're, at that point, you're confusing the function of uh, brewing salts. You use a liquid acid or an acid malt to control the mash pH, not salts. Uh, with calcium salts, or uh, while they're lower pH to some degree through precipitation of like phosphates and that, but the effect is so slight that it doesn't matter. So with the salts, as long as you have the minimum recommended calcium, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, well, and you don't, you don't want to add salts like to anywhere, but your water, right? That's yeah. kind of, yeah. Well, n- n- yes and no. But you're, when I was brewing on the deck at, at, uh, at inbound, um, I would shake my salts each a little bit into each bag because you had to hoist the bag on your shoulder and run it through a hydrator. Oh, okay. So you, I, personally, I... But that's still adding it, um, like, water side, like, right. into the mash. You're not yeah. adding it into the kettle or no. anything like that. Uh-uh. That's a different yeah. procedure. So that said, if you when you're mashing in, I would always mash in your dark grains... And your acid malt like right away, so you can just so you can get that get, get it down right away. Um, <clears throat> where in the hell was I going with that tangent? Uh, I think basically the answer to his question is lowering the pH of a finished beer. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't I mean, think there's going to be anything. I don't see a reason to do that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just um, what I would do is. Just take the notes and then maybe lower it on the finish side. Um, and yeah, I'm curious if this was carbonated or not. Yeah, that's a a good question. I don't know. All right. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks for sending in the question, Bjorn. And I hope we answered it for you. All right. Uh, Andy uh, sent in a um, question about making starters. Uh, would there be any ill effects trying to grow more yeast cells in a smaller container? Uh, using a higher gravity wort than normal, uh, i.e. 1045 instead of... Uh, 1031, uh, would this take longer or stress the yeast cells and be detrimental to the health of the cells? Mm -hmm. First of all, there's a reason why the wort is at 1031 and not 1045. And that's, it's, this is like not a very eloquent or scientific way to put this, but at 1045, the the stress value is, I mean, it's too high, right? 1031 is just right. And then if you are talking higher gravity wort in a smaller container, um, if you've made a starter, you've if you've made ten starters, I guarantee you, you're gonna have a whoosh factor. You're gonna have a few that'll blow. Yep. So, uh, no is. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, yes, there will be ill effects if be, you try like, to grow more in a smaller container. Yeah. Basically, your your ill effect is gonna be you're gonna lose some yeast to blow off. Yeah. Think think about if you wanted to make a high gravity beer in a smaller than five gallon carboy, like put it in that frame of mind. It's going to blow all over the place. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and so I mean that's that's really your your big one. Uh, using the higher gravity, um, that's going to be more detrimental to yeast health mm-hmm. um, and cause some issues there. Yep. But um, yeah, so I would say if you don't have a big enough container, um, like see if you can get like a one gallon jug or whatever, or even go into your carboy, like your big five gallon yeah, carboy. You can definitely. Because your starter, you're not too worried about headspace, if I remember right, because you want that oxygen in there to yeah. propagate. You want it to be foamy, because if you if you think about it in a in the fermenter, the yeast are all up in the foam. Like when you look yeah. at your the cap on your fermenter, or the um, are the words escaping me right now. The Kreuzen is what I was looking for. Um, if you were to plunge uh uh something down into the middle. <clears throat> the middle or the bottom of the carboy and try to pull that out and plate it and get a yeast sample. It's there's a section in the yeast book that says, I believe that in this book anywhere, it's like, where's the yeast? Yep. We're going to get there. Yeah. On the next episode. Not on the next. Uh, well, actually oh, maybe on the maybe? next episode. Oh, funny. Oh, yeah. Funny that came up. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, where's the yeast? Well, it's all up in the foam and the croissant. Like it's all up there um, off on top. Cause it's a top fermenting, you know, yeast. So, all right. Uh, yeah, hope hope that answers your question, Andy. Um, Andy also uh, brewed a uh, version of Gordon's... Oh, shit. Uh, Big Oaf. <laughs> Is he going to send us some bottles? Uh, I, I hope so. Uh, we'll oh, we'll talk to him, but yeah. yeah. So he um, so we'll get we'll get some more information on that. Is that beer still he, on tap? It is. Gosh, that that is the longest. It is the longest. Well, it's because it's so big. Yeah, it's good. Um, oh. and then I think he I think he sent me a thing and it was like. Like forty or sixty pounds of grain or something stupid like that. Oh, God, like he sent me the thing. He's like, I'm so glad I got the bigger mash ton. Oh shit! <laughs> I I saw that. It popped up on my screen, but I didn't read the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Well, should we get out of here? Yeah. All right. Open. There we go. All right, guys. Uh, happy New Year, and I uh, hope you guys are ready for some more beer information in 2020. Oh, yep. All right, if you guys have any show ideas, questions, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewstudios, or follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.